1: Low-quality Corey is back in the house, baby. Let's <laughs> do it. Look at the industry parts behind me. There's a giant fan blowing. The lighting stinks. Look, every time that door opens behind God, me, you can see like sunshine coming through. We're back in the low-quality environment today, <laughs> which means we're doing another episode of the Southside Beat live literally on the Southside. A good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey and Of course, joining me is Chris Halleck. And you are tuned in to the Southside beat every Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30 Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And Chris, QB1, Kenny Pickett, he says, and I quote, ready to go by Sunday.
0: Yep. Uh, I mean, I I think, you know, obviously when you see the initial, uh, and and by the way, welcome everybody. I see everybody, Trevor gave us a a nice, I hit that like, Monongahela, Mike's in the house, Teresa's in the house, a lot of the regulars already here. Uh, I'm sure we'll see the other ones filter in eventually, but yeah. um, If you're catching us live on YouTube, thank you for joining us. If you're listening to us later on, thank you for listening in. We really appreciate it every single time guys, like for real, there aren't enough words to tell you how appreciative we are. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I mean, with, with, uh, with obviously with the way the injury went on Sunday, you know, the way the knee bent and everything we're thinking, Oh my God, he's going to be out for the season, torn ACL, torn MCL, whatever. And then, you know, bone bruise. Okay. That's a major sidestep. And then we see him and he's at practice today. Granted wearing a brace, probably the size of his actual leg, (laughs) uh, but still at practice today. Uh, still throwing the ball. Uh, I'm sure you know the practice report will tell us how much he practiced today later on. But the fact that he was out there, that he was able to participate, um, I don't know how he's going to play with that kind of a brace on. But right. um, yeah, I mean it's good to see him out there for sure. Definitely good because right now the Steelers are pretty banged up and they're going to need all the help they can get. And uh, having their regular starting quarterback would definitely be a big a big help against the Ravens.
1: Robert says my picture and words are blurred. Am I coming in okay? I'm I coming
0: in, Chris. Uh, you're low quality, Corey. Uh, living up to the name. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're living up to the name. So uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, this is part of doing a live YouTube show. Whenever uh, you're relying on Southside internet, uh, it's mm-hmm. not great. It's not a, It's not um, have, you know after working <laughs> you know for an entire season on the Southside and having to deal with the internet just. Basic upload video to YouTube. It's not great, so there's right. a reason why. If
1: I, if I happen to creak out, Chris will be here. So yes. if I happen to squeak out, Chris will be here. But I'm in the same spot I was in last week when I had to do low quality Corey Wednesday. So <laughs> I think I'll be okay. And it, it's a positive on my end that I'm saying something and there's no tape delay for when Chris reacts. So I think that's a positive. Um, Monaga Halo Mike, ten dollars. thank says, you, man. thank you for the dedication, Mike. Doing my best out here. You know, that locker room, if you see that door, see that that light like it just did peek through. That is the door opening over here. I had to leave the locker room early to come make the show. It is 3 p.m. 3 p.m. means 3 p.m. The show goes on at 3 p.m. And that's why, you know, yeah. we're doing this from the low quality quarry environment. Um, Teresa asked, was Kenny Pickett moving on, around all right or hobbling? There is a video for you to watch of that that will answer your question. And if I'm, asking, if I'm asking you to go support and, and help us make a little more money, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. It's on YouTube on DK Pittsburgh Sports. There's a 30-second montage of Kenny Pickett throwing, stretching, doing some drills during the open window that we were allowed to shoot in uh, on the south side. Chris knows this too well. There is yep. a specific, it's about a half hour usually, um, small window, maybe 20 minutes, window. maybe 15 minutes. Yep. Depends on the day. Depends on how they're feeling. Uh, where we can take some video. And, you know, we're allowed to shoot whatever goes on in practice. And Kenny Pickett was happening to do some drills during that. So I took my camera and shot some video, melted it all together, and it's there for you to watch. So right now on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube, if you want to open a new tab or after the show you can watch, (laughs) um, not only is there that video of Kenny Pickett practicing, but there is also a video of Kenny Pickett talking to us after uh, practice in the locker room. So that is where he confirmed – not that he is going to play. He said he will be ready to go and ready to play by Sunday. So, Chris, obviously it's yep. only Wednesday. There are still two more practices for this to iron out before we find out on Friday definitively whether or not Kenny Pickett will be in or out on Sunday. But um, given that he was on the field today, given that he seemed pretty encouraged by things, it seemed like, when if you watch the clip um, after practice yeah. Positive signs, as you alluded to, when you when you think in moment with that injury, it's like, oh no, that's an ACL. But positive signs in moment, we could say for the starting quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, you know, it's really, really good to see him, you know, be able to be out there. Uh from the video that I saw or from from the video that you uploaded, um, you know, it didn't look too bad. Obviously, you know, wearing a really, really large brace, and anytime any player is wearing that large of a brace, there's cause for concern when it comes to mobility. And obviously, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> mobility is something that he obviously relies on sometimes a little bit too much right. and so how much would that hinder him if he um if he actually can't you know if he actually does play how much is that going to hinder him especially against a really tough ravens defense
1: okay so the big change was that the steelers were going to practice in pads today and yeah. we're obviously going to have a very um you know uh a very interesting injury report to check out with regards to kenny pickett that's going to be the big one but chris Yesterday, you ruffled some feathers with our Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett discourse. And I think it's actually a good idea to have the conversation because it is currently arguable um, whether or not there is a significant, and I will use that word significant, drop-off between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Now, you can't look at Sunday as a a viable example to this just because of game flow, how things went, how bad the Texans were. really just beat the Steelers. I mean, it, we talked about this yesterday. It was really a no contest. Yeah.
0: And just like the Steelers are, we're flipping the page from, from the Houston game for the most part. Sure.
1: This is, well, I'm still
0: watching it. the film because I'm going to have a piece coming out tomorrow where I'm doing, I'm just going to do a bunch of quick hits on everything that sucked. Cause I can't find, I can't find it within myself to do a whole thing on the offense or a whole thing on the defense. It was just bad all around. So I'm going to show like little snippets of like, this is why it was bad all the way around. Right. Um, But yeah, Uh, no, there was one uh, one question here that I wanted to get to that actually kind of leads into this. Um, Trevor uh, says uh, watching the game back and there were plenty of open receivers that Kenny didn't throw to seems to be a recurring problem. Does he have the yips or is there a better explanation? So this kind of goes into the whole Kenny versus Mitch thing, and I am definitely 100%, let me put this out there, not calling for any kind of quarterback controversy that Mitch Trubisky should be starting over Kenny Pickett. I actually Mm -hmm. would very, very much enforce the latter. No, Kenny should be the starter 100%. If he can go, Kenny's the guy. Kenny needs to start. I'm right there with you, yep. No, even if this is about winning games and making it to the playoffs, Kenny needs to be the guy. He has to be, okay? Um, the, no, Mitch Trubisky should be exactly what he was brought in to do, and that is be Kenny's backup until Kenny can is just absolutely proved he cannot be the guy, which we are not there yet. Right. Prefacing all of that with that so that nobody can come in, come at me in the comments later and say that I think that Mitch is a better quarterback than Kenny. What I'm saying is as of right now with Kenny's performance over the course of his very short career so far – based off of where Mitch Trubisky is now, there is not that much of a drop-off. There is not a significant drop-off. And I do think Kenny should be there as the number one guy. But when you look at what Mitch is able to do, and this and the, the question that I brought up is a big part of it, Kenny is clearly not comfortable in the pocket, for whatever reason that is. Now, part of that goes back to his college tape. He, yes. he abandoned pockets too early while he was at Pitt. Um, you can get away with that at college. You, you just can. The game is not nearly as fast as it is at the NFL. You can get away with that. You can't get away with that in the NFL. You have to become a, a, a comfortable presence in the pocket. You have to be able to make throws from the pocket when you're under duress. You just have to. If you can't do that, you're not going to be an NFL quarterback, at least not for very long.
1: Okay. If, so- if, you,
0: if you're able to be RG3, you might be able to get away for for, for a season, but then you're going to get your legs snapped and then your career is over.
1: So Spice Creations brings up, it's not a drop off the way he's playing. You're not wrong. Here's his career stats. Forget in-game moments. Forget body of work from one game. How about body of work for for his career right now? He's 9-8. and He has thrown for 11 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. He has completed 62.4% of his passes. 5.51 air yards per attempt, and that's obviously partially a product of the offense that he's in. But 11 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, Chris, that's not acceptable anywhere. Forget it's college football, forget at, NFL, forget yeah. D2 football. It doesn't matter where you're at. That is a completely unacceptable touchdown P- at interception. Pedestrian
0: rate. at best. At absolute best, it's pedestrian numbers. And it's just not – Yeah, I mean, and I do think that you do need to go past just what the numbers say. I mean, the numbers obviously tell a story. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, numbers always do that. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Um, But you have to obviously, you know, take other variables and, into, into consideration. Obviously, the big variable there is Matt Canada. We can, we've talked at length about it. We can continue to talk at length about it. Don't like the concepts. Don't like the scheme. I don't know if Kenny's just not comfortable running this offense. And that's the reason why he seems like deer in the headlights, like all the time. That doesn't seem like that doesn't add up to me because Kenny and Matt Canada have a rapport together. They go back with each other. This offense is a little bit tailored more towards Kenny's strengths. Um, because they try to get him on the move quite a bit, you know they they have those plays where they immediately shift out and roll him out you know, right at the snap. Uh, so they have those plays like embedded into the offense into the into the schemes that are called. But he, whatever it is, it's not working because Kenny's clearly not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a Matt Canada problem? Is that a Kenny problem? Is there are are both guys at fault? Whatever it is, it needs to be fixed. Either Matt Canada. No matter what, Matt canadas he doesn't need to return as offensive coordinator. We've already talked about that. But if Kenny can't establish himself as a pocket passer in any kind of way whatsoever, that's the end of the KP8 era in in Pittsburgh. It's just, it's not going to happen. And the Steelers are going to have to go searching for another franchise quarterback. It's going to be another Mark Malone, another another Bubby Brester, another Neil O'Donnell. It's going to be another quarterback that they bring in to try to be the next franchise guy that just doesn't pan out, period. Like, I, I, I hate to kind of be like that, but that's just the way it is. If you can't figure out a way to be a clean passer from the pocket, it's not going to happen.
1: No, and like you said, this showed up on the college tape. So this is something that the Steelers and Matt Canada, don't forget, Matt, you can never lose sight that Matt Canada recruited Kenny Pickett to come to bed. He's the reason why Kenny Pickett is where he is to begin with, ironically. Hmm. So, um, well, what quality, quality to Corey. out oh I cut in and out. Just Am for I a back? second.
0: You're so when right it comes now, yeah. to
1: discovering if Kenny Pickett is all of this or is not all of that, I'm in agreement with you by saying, until further news, Kenny Pickett is QB1 over Mitch Trubisky when healthy. It's just how it has to be. You invested a first-round draft pick in the kid. You have to play the kid until the wheels completely fall off. And we're clearly not there quite yet. So with that being said, with that being said, this Sunday – if Kenny Pickett is not 100%, there should be discourse about whether or not to play him, especially with the bye week coming up. It is yeah. not that much of a drop-off in this moment to play Mitch Trubisky over Kenny Pickett, solely based on how Kenny Pickett has performed in these first three and a half, if you will, three and three quarters games of this season. Uh, yeah. CJ Jr. Uh, brought up in the uh, YouTube comments, uh, Tomlin's response to the change comment was concerning, and I love when our viewers give me an opportunity to plug something. You can check out yesterday's episode of the Southside Beat on replay, (laughs) on demand, on youtube.com slash Steelers and where podcasts are found. Chris and I talked in length about Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday, and uh, surely the asylum here on YouTube was uh, certainly fired up over it. So, uh, again, view yesterday's episode for the comments on Mike Tomlin talking about the quote-unquote changes. So, Okay. The change today was the padded practice. And as you can see by evidence of the Kenny Pickett video, there was a padded practice today. Yep. So if Mike Tomlin wants the physicality up, he got what he wanted today. He got the padded practice. But that doesn't change the fact that there is a banged-up quarterback and a banged-up offense in totality. Based yeah. on what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday, Dan Moore Jr. is going to be out this week. Pat Friermuth is going to be doubtful this week, but I'm not going to expect him to play. So with that said, you're now down a starting left tackle, which means Broderick Jones will – be in line to make his first career start on Sunday. Again, we're talking about drop off here, Chris. I don't yeah. know if Broderick is necessarily an upgrade over Dan Moore, but given the fact that this guy was drafted 14th overall, lost the starting job essentially, you could word it that way if you want to throughout training camp. Now you get to see what Broderick's kind of made of. He played about, I think it was 50 snaps um, against the Texans. We were asked yesterday, I think it was Teresa that asked on YouTube about how, how I thought Broderick played. I don't remember exactly who it was, but, um, what was your assessment of Broderick Jones from Sunday? And did you see signs of him maybe developing and maybe other things that, um, maybe we saw in training camp or a building off of what we saw in training camp?
0: He had a couple of nice moments. Um, he started off pretty rough, but you know, you're, you're kind of getting thrown onto a moving train to steal a Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a Tomlinism there, you are kind of get having to jump on a moving train in the middle of a game, and that that's really difficult for a rookie to do. It doesn't matter if it's a first overall pick or a you know the, if it's Mister Irrelevant, you know, and anyone in between, it really doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> but I think as he you know as the game went on and he, he continued to play, I thought he had some nice moments. Um, he he sealed off the edge very nicely in, in run blocking. I thought he looked much better in run blocking and did in pass protection, um, which that. Kind of isn't much of a shock. Um, I, I think you know when when it comes to the uh, to the technique and everything that he has to you know, work out at the NFL level. That's that's kind of like the the big thing of like whether Broderick Jones is going to en- end up becoming a legitimate left tackle in this league is can he develop into a really really good pass protector? Because in terms of run blocking, he's pr- there's a really really good chance he's going to turn into a very good run blocker. Like at this league for a long time, it's like, how well can you turn, do in pass protection? I think that's the big thing to see. So I thought what I saw Sunday was pretty indicative of him coming out of college. Much better at run blocking as of right now, has potential as a, as a, as a, as a you know, in pass protection, just needs to grow in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Leroy brings up something uh, that when we're talking about depth and we're talking about, um, you know, the Kenny Mitch thing in case Mitch has to go. Back at Mitch has a lot of moxie. And listen, when Mitch was the starter last year, it was bad. He was so afraid of turning the ball over, of throwing an interception. He was just – that's why the offense couldn't move the ball because every time he threw the ball, he was like, I am 100% sure making, like making sure that this isn't going to be picked. And you just – you have to be able to take – granted, calculator risk. But you have to be able to take risks at, at the NFL level. He didn't do that. Now, when he became the backup, Kenny became the starter, and he had to come in. Just about every time that he came in, Tampa Bay, lost to Baltimore, game in Carolina, the offense moved the ball pretty well with Mitch uh, under center. Mm-hmm. Um, it w- came back and won in the, uh, in the Tampa game, moved the ball up and down the field on Baltimore, just didn't dial da- dial back the, the aggressiveness in the red zone and threw three picks. Can't do that, obviously but then found a nice balance in the Carolina game and won a game on the road. Granted bad carolina team but still won a game on the road when the Steelers were absolutely having to win a game in order to stay alive for a play- for a playoffs. So I I think Mitch as a backup is it like that's his best role and when you're talking about pocket presence like Mitch is much much better in the pocket than Kenny is. The problem is that can Mitch find a good balance between being aggressive but also not being too aggressive where where a defense like Baltimore's will absolutely make you pay for it if you're too aggressive, especially in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Jonah brings up a really good question. Pickett's pocket presence, Pickett's pocket presence. Say that 10 times fast. Is it good? Yeah. His progressions are also off. Are these fixable or teachable skills, or is this just something Pickett will, also, will always struggle with? I think that's a fantastic question. Yeah, And I think that you can like divvy this up into first half Kenny Pickett last year, second half Kenny Pickett last year, first half Kenny Pickett this year so far right and I think that I think we have to look back to the running game and how this is able to open up things for the offense because first half of last season and now the running game is struggling when the running game was really going in the second half of last season you saw Kenny you saw not just Kenny making better reads but you also think saw things actually open up for him to begin with yeah he was able to get protection to make those reads he was Mm -hmm. able to not have to stare down. Well, I guess it would have been Allen Robinson last year. It would have been Deontay Johnson. Yep. So my point is, is that part of this comes systemically. And part of this comes from Kenny, the player having to develop as a pro quarterback.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I'm just sorry, just going through the comments here and a black and yellow, uh, Texas steel, underscore Texas steel. says r- said reminder, Mitch lost us the, the, the Ravens game last year. It cost us a playoff spot. Listen, you could go back to any of the losses last year. You could say Gunnar Olszewski, cost the cost the game against the Patriots. If he doesn't fumble a a, a very, very simple pump return, they win that game. They're in the playoffs. They, if Kenny doesn't throw three picks in Miami, you know, especially Miami, because Miami is the team that got in instead of the Steelers because of the head to head tiebreaker. So if Kenny doesn't throw three picks in Miami, then maybe the Steelers make it to the playoffs. So you could go to any of those eight losses and be like, listen, that's the reason why. And Mitch was not the only you know, reason why they lost that Ravens game Boswell um, had a field goal blocked because the Steelers didn't execute on special teams, not denying the fact that Mitch can't throw three picks. You can't throw three picks and expend to win a football game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's just common sense. So no, like again, Mitch is not a perfect quarterback whatsoever. There's a reason why he is a backup. (laughs) He's a backup for a reason, but when you talk about quality backups and as of right now, where Kenny is as a starter, the drop-off is not that significant between Kenny and Mitch right now. It's just not, not until Kenny shows any real significant improvement for a, like a, a, a good length of time. And we have not seen that, especially this season.
1: So as of right now, we are on injury report watch and nothing has come across for either the Steelers uh, or the Ravens, of course, the first of the three injury reports of the week, will drop today. Uh, Rick Rick asks, do we have a timeline of Deontay after the bye? Yes, that is currently the plan for Deontay Johnson, uh, for him to return in week six immediately after the Steelers' bye. He, is he has been be... traveling
0: with the team, though, and that's good to see.
1: Yes, he, he has been traveling with the team. He's obviously been the, you know around the practice facility. He's not mm-hmm. sitting out anything that, you know, significant as far as, like, you know, he's just not staying home, you know? yeah. Um, so when I, when I say that, I mean, you know, he's he's still around the team. Like you said, he's traveling with the Steelers. You got to see that for yourself on Sunday. So the target right now is that Deontay comes back right after the bye, which is surely going to help, um, you know, whoever it needs to be. It, it's going to help Kenny Pickett. It's going to help Allen Robinson. It's going to help George Pickett, cer- certainly. So um, that's what we're looking at for Deontay right now. Again, no injury report as of right now not um, not for either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. So we're taking, um, yep. you know, we're, we're keeping eyes on that. Uh, Chris, with about eight minutes to go here, um, probably going to end a little early, number one, because my quality is terrible today. Number two, because uh, we have stories to write and uh, and, and get to. Yep. The comments have been flowing, and we really love it seeing them. We've we started a couple um, that we want to go off of before we end today's show. And look, Jerry makes a point here. Injuries have plagued the season. There's part of this that comes with, Matt Canada not being able to call an NFL offense, but also the Steelers have had some injuries in spots where it's less than ideal. When, when the heart and soul of the team, and Cam Hayward is out when Deontay Johnson's out, when the left tackle goes down, when the right guard doesn't play, when all of this stuff compounds and now your starting quarterback has a bone bruise in his knee, that's tough for any team to overcome, much less a, a, a Steelers team that I think we're finding out now needed all of those guys to be healthy.
0: Well, I mean, and this just goes to show that, number one, the moves that Omar Khan made, you know, had that in mind. But I'm going to go, I'm going to point right at uh, the Monaga um, Halo Mike. Thank you so much. Hit that like button. Hit, hit you know, like, subscribe, anything you can. Um, Please do. Leave a comment. A- anything just really helps us out. But I'm going to look at our at the Steelers opponent this week. The Ravens are also just littered with injuries. Marlon Humphrey hadn't played a game yet. All pro cornerback hadn't played yet. Starting safety, I think it's Marcus Williams, been out. Um, they, they've got other, um, they Ronnie Stanley, their left tackle, he's out. Uh, their right tackle most, um, uh, uh, went, went down with an injury in, in this past Sunday. Yeah. I, I mean, they are also littered with injuries. They're three and one. Their defense has looked. A lot better than a lot, I think a lot of people expected because I think there were some question marks in their defense. Obviously, there aren't question marks in certain areas. They're fantastic at, at off ball linebacker, they're good at safety, they're really good at corner with Marlon Humphrey and everything like that. But the Ravens are three and one and they look like a good football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and they, and then they also lost J.K. Dobbins for the season with an Achilles injury.
1: Yes. And they were without five really significant pieces last week um, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham. David Ajabo, uh Owe, and Marlon Humphrey were all out last week. So they're, they're, they're missing they're,
0: some major pieces as well. Major, major pieces. Like, th- th- this is not like, oh, the Ravens are down a couple. No, they're down like five, six real, real guys. And if they, if this upcoming game they don't have either of their left or right tackles, it's another situation. And Like, okay, can the Steelers take advantage of a beat-up offensive line? They didn't do it last week. And the thing is that the, the Ravens' depth pieces are better than the Texans' depth pieces were. So what are you going to do to take advantage of that? The Ravens are figuring out a way to do it. I mean, when we talk about like organizations that are, I think one of the reasons why the Steelers Ravens rivalry is so good is that they are two organizations that are very similar. They, they're obviously very, very uh, much focused on defense. They they want to run the football. Uh, they're very, very similar organizations and, and both very, very physical. This is, it's just the way it's been, especially, you know, whenever, you know, during the Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh Harbaugh era. Yeah. The Ravens are figuring out a way to do it. The Steelers aren't. So what's the discourse there? That's, Um, I think, the real question to to be answered. As
1: soon as we started talking injuries, by the way, three comments flash, boom, 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 like that, talking about Houston. Let's not make the exception into the trend. When teams are banged up like this, things like what happened Sunday are not supposed to happen. Yeah. The Texans are not supposed to win and hold T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith out of the backfield when when their whole offensive line is down. That's not supposed to happen. That is the exception, not the trend. Be careful by falling into that because, yes, any given Sunday, yes, things do happen, and maybe even sometimes John Metchie, the, the, the fourth wide receiver for the Texans, can hold T.J. Block and block him off of a, a Damian Pierce 10-yard run. Maybe things like that just happen sometimes, but it's not ideal. We're not, we're not going to sit here and say it's ideal that all of these Steelers players are injured and they could just Mm. go into Sunday against Baltimore and everything's going to be absolved because that's not really how this works. Yeah. As as far as a commonality perspective, I mean, yeah. Um, Chris, any final thoughts before we sign out of here on a, on a Wednesday?
0: Um, You know, again, good to see Kenny back, Um, you know, back in practice. Um, I think you you really sidestepped a landmine there. you know, when it comes to, you know, if you go on the rest of the season, you know, that could have been a really bad injury. If you're if the rest of the season, your quarterbacks were Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. That's. Well, um, so no, good to see Kenny back. Uh, you know, I think no matter what happens with the Steelers season, no matter who's who's the you know who the offensive coordinator is, who's calling the plays, you know, what's going on with the defense. Kenny needs to play as often as he possibly can. He needs that exposure. He needs to try to work through things. Um, I think he needs a better offensive coordinator, but that's not going to happen this season. So, you know, try to figure out as much as he can. He needs all the experience he can get. Uh, and then one final, like, not, I don't want to say thought, but whenever, uh, black and yellow, Texas steel here said, uh, Steelers giving me mud, dog giving me the mud dogs whenever they lost the water boy vibes. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. First off, love that movie. Like, I love that movie so much. Uh, I Actually, my fantasy football teams are always named the SCLSU Mud Muddogs. Um, so, I love that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm kind of at a loss here. I, like, I, I don't know what this team is going to do to bounce back. I don't think a pad of practice was enough to do it because they can't do another one now. Uh, you're only allowed one per week. So, um, we'll see. My
1: final thought is my fantasy team name is called the cut and paste component based off of the (laughs) absolutely legendary quote Mike Tomlin gave us at the beginning of last year when Kenny Pickett was listed third on the depth chart. And that was Mike Tomlin's explanation for it was that uh, the cut and paste component is the cut and paste component. So my fantasy teams, I'm in two leagues. Both of them are named the cut and paste component. I think it's glorious. I think it's perfect
0: uh Rick uh Canada did not lose his green notebook he did never he never had a green notebook to begin with
1: that's inside info for you right there Chris and I will be back Mic's on up. Thursday a coordinator Thursday speaking of Matt Canada Matt Canada and Terrell Austin we'll be speaking tomorrow here on the south side about a couple hundred yards that way where am I that way that direction <laughs> uh so I will be here for that and then uh same deal tomorrow low quality Corey will be back and uh, we'll be in this probably exact same seat. But for now, Chris and I are out of here, DK and Ramon in about 32 minutes or so uh, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Appreciate you all listening. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This has been the Southside Beat. Cheers, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.